0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is the WCBC Podcast. I'm Hunter. I'm Alan. I'm Josh. And, hey, we are here. Uh, This week's already a little different. We're having to do this on a Sunday. We usually record on Tuesday afternoons, um, about 5, 6, whenever. But we had to come in here because this Tuesday I won't be able to come. So here we are.
1: So Hunter's got uh, – I'll go ahead and tell. Hunter's got commitments to uh, support our youth, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, they've got some – athletic activities going on and I think that's a, a pretty big deal that uh, someone from leadership in the church is there to support them so kudos to you uh, Hunter and uh, pray that uh, you know God uses you in our, yeah. in our young people's ministry.
0: It's awesome uh, it's actually fun because I get to go support students but um, it's a it's for the girls soccer team at Sequoia and it's fun because uh, like last week me and Bailey Grubb who helps out with our youth a little bit we got to go start their game off and pray for them and so it, it's cool that that's just a small that's a small opportunity, but it's a big opportunity because one you're getting to pray over kids that you have no clue where they stand right you're you know we did a prayer segment, but also when you pray and you say the name of Jesus I mean they're hearing the name of Jesus yep, right. and so I I love it and it's the best thing but here we are it's Sunday um and guys, not Tuesday yeah, it's not Tuesday it is definitely Sunday. And kind of before we we're gonna f- hopefully finish up the Beatitudes today with verses nine through twelve. Hopefully, next time, uh, our next episode, we're hoping to bring a guest in. I'm not gonna give any hints. I'm not gonna tell you who it is. Can I tell him? No. <laughs> I will. Hey, we will say this. He is really tall. That's it. That's all we're gonna tell you guys. Um, so we're we're looking forward to that. But guys, before we even start, um, I'm still like reflecting on what we heard yeah about this morning but, does somebody want to like summarize kinda? well
1: I'm, I'm sure that when we get uh, down into the scripture uh, uh we're, we're going to wind up hitting on uh, some of the uh the message that we heard today and uh, man just a powerful word and uh, uh when you talk about the word of god and the, and, the, and the power that's in it when it's preached in the demonstration of the holy spirit and, and uh, it is so relevant yeah with where we're at uh if it didn't have an impact on any other heart in the sanctuary today, it impacted mine, and I tell you what, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, uh, believers, to uh, to stand up, yeah, to to uh, to grow a backbone, and understand that uh, uh, now's the time to to come out from among the world and be separate people, yeah, be that light,
0: yeah, yes. and um, it's funny too because we were actually we've been talking about it um, just prior to setting up for this. And I was talking about that like this morning. I mean, it just hit home with me on on some things that are going on in my life right now. You know, a lot of the messages talking about where is our reverential fear? Like where is our reverence and fear of God in respect of who he is and his character? And so, man, it it really hit home for me um, and reminded me I'm very small. And if I'm so small, then I need to give as much fear and reverence to the biggest person I know, which is God. And it's funny because at the end of the service, you know, here at Watson's, we give a time to reflect. You know, if you feel like you need to go pray, pray where you are, go find somebody and talk to them, maybe like someone in leadership. We offer that time here. Um, you can call it an invitation and I'll call a time to reflect, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's very key. Um, you know, Peter in Acts 2, the people said, what do we do? And he said, repent, be baptized. So there's always been this time to respond. Um, now, obviously, back in those days, they didn't have an old-fashioned, glossed oak wood altar. Um, and it's not about the piece of wood. It's just about the obedience and the acknowledgement towards Christ. And so this morning, we stand up, and, you know, we Ty leads us in a verse of song, right? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, well, you know, this is a big pillow to swallow. And I, I think I'm going to think about it, and I'll just pray about it later. And I told Joshua, literally right when I thought that, Pastor Jason goes, and listen, if you're here today and you're trying to justify that you're going to go home and pray about this in your closet, you're not going to. And I just thought. Well, it's (laughs) about being
1: obedient to the Holy Spirit (laughs) and the power that's on you at that
0: point in time. Yeah, And that's that's
1: what honors God. It's the fact that when God prompts your heart and tells you you need to pray, the instant obedient and submission to
0: that
2: is
1: what's important and uh you know i i just tell you it's it, it's it's needed it's 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 not just i'm not just talking about this individual body yeah it, it's it's needed universally yeah it's it's needed everywhere when we when we uh, look at the 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 shape that that uh, things are in and the the government uh, controversies and the things it's and it's uh, you know yeah. we're we're taking ourselves the election but still when you look at the drama that's going on right now right. Uh, and, and people are just biting their nails, and the chicken littles running around with the sky falling, and, and you know, th- their hair on fire, and yeah. uh, and, and what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I think what we need to do. Need to be listening to the Holy Spirit and do a little old-fashioned repenting.
0: Yeah, yes. and I mean that's where, like, one thing I think there's always been this misconception of the old-fashioned altar call. Yeah. People are looking for a movement, right? They're looking for everyone to just pile on top of that thing, and then they all go home. But I I think there's a misconception in it because it's not about that moment. It's that you do respond in the moment. You do be obedient, but five hours later, are you still thinking about what you just prayed about? And so for me, it's like I responded today, and I went and did some personal praying, but it's not just about the Sunday. It's like, okay, now I'm looking at the rest of my week, and what I learned today and what touched my soul I need to do that tomorrow, I need to do it Tuesday, I need to do it Wednesday. And so I think there's this misconception of everybody just wants to watch the outcome, the outwardness of an invitation. But the thing I love about an invitation, and I believe is the full purpose of it, is to get people to respond to the word that has been given. And not only to respond in that moment, but to examine yourself, as the Bible teaches us in a few different places, and literally just let the truth soak in. And then be like, all right, from here on out, I now have new desires and goals. I want to do better at this this week. I want to do better at this tomorrow. I want to pray more. I want to read more. And so it's not just an, an hour thing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's been a misconception.
1: And I don't want to be the, the, the pessimist that always picks out the stuff that's wrong. Yeah. But, you know, I think that literally church, to me, or to, in general, has come become a spectator sport.
0: entertainment it is
1: let's just come and and sit down entertain me preacher let's listen some good singing of what this yeah they they sing they sing well (laughs) and that that entertains me and and leave uh, with a good you know uh, perception of how well i'm doing uh, instead of understanding that there's uh, basic life skills being taught yeah and there's a a practical application of god's word you know being explained and, and all those things need to be Taken with you when you leave here, and it needs to to change your life. And uh, man, that reverential fear of uh, God—boy, is it ever absent today? Uh, And and I'm not—I'm not talking about uh, walking around constantly afraid of God pinching my head off. Yeah, that's not what reverential fear is. It's a healthy respect, yes, for who God is, and a healthy respect of what I am in relation to his creation (laughs) i'm just a speck and man he loves me i'm just a little blimp on the 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 roadmap of life but yet he cares enough about me to know my thoughts and be interested in the most intimate details of my life and because of that it i find myself just in awe of him and understanding that because of who he is that generates me to have reverence for him and uh, a healthy respect. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, here, I'll, let me ask. Let me read this first, and I'm going to ask Josh a question and kind of set set him up because we talked about reverence earlier about an everyday thing. But what Alan was just talking about really started, like even the message this morning started making me think of, like the Tower of Babel, but not the tower itself, but the mindset when they said, um, they said, "Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops and heavens." This part. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we should disperse over the face. But that whole, let us make a name for ourselves, that just Mm -hmm. showed me that we live in a cult. We saw in here where they wanted to make a name for themselves. And in their pursuit of making a name for themselves, they disrespected God. Yep. Right? right, Because, say, Lucifer, he wanted to make a name for himself. Adam and Eve, their actions, they wanted to do what they wanted. And here we are in 2020, and it's the same thing. I'm going to go into politics to make a name for myself. I'm going to be a superstar to make an it athlete. You know, it's all about the person. And I, I don't know about you all, but when I look at history and I look at creation and I look at all these things, this, this right here, this fact tells me something. The fact that a man will only live a certain amount of days shows me that he is little. Because if it was all about man making a name for himself, then we would just live forever. But the fact that death was created, mostly because where sin is, death is, but because death is an evidential fact that we all have to face, that shows me that humanity is always going to be small because our days are limited. And so since our days are limited, Josh, let me kind of ask you, we were talking about this earlier, how important is reverence of God, like reverential fear of God, respect towards God? On a daily basis, like when you when a person wakes up, how important is it to have that?
2: It's it's very important. And the reason being is because since the fall of man well, since the fall, we have sin and we have a fleshly side that a lot uh, that we do not train our flesh to lift ourselves up to lo- boast about ourselves we do not have to it's a natural instinct of ours yeah. so therefore when we are saved that n- that that newness of salvation we are on fire for the lord there's there's many things that we look at differently we approach differently as time goes on we find ourselves to become with a loss of reverence we basically get to a place to where it comes somewhat about us that if we don't have that remembrance of who God is what God did for us the the, the capacity of his love his grace and his mercy we find that we it comes to a place to where it's we easily get trapped into the things of you know i did this yeah i a perfect example um I work with some guys on 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 Thursdays and I went there well wednesday night um at at with the children and the youth i had a, I, I was struggling and questioning a lot um so that when I met up with the guys Thursday most of the time I'm the one that was me and uh, another jeff uh, is we're the ones that are teaching and I had this urgency like just to you know ask them to pray for you in this situation specifically. And then my pride on the other hand of it is like, you can't ask for them because it's going to show weakness. It'll show humility. It'll show that you're, you know, and I'm like, you know, and I, so I said, I said, listen, I said, guys, I says, I need y'all to pray for me. I says, and more specifically, I says, Wednesday night class that I teach at the youth, I says, I'm struggling. And I says, you know, I kept trying to fix it. I was the key word. Yeah. Because what has happened, I lost that, that reverence of, it's not mine. It's not me teaching them. The Holy Spirit is what what the teacher is. I just have to be obedient. I have to be obedient to show them mercy, that grace, the love that he gives us. But if we lose that reverence of who God is in our daily lives, we become in that same place to where it's like we run into a situation where now I have to figure out how to handle this, yeah, I have to figure out why this is going on in my life. I need to correct this, but we've lost that reverence to give it to God to say, "You know God, you know where I'm at, you know where my heart's at. You know the struggle that I am encountering right now, and once again surrender ourselves to him
1: you know God taught me a lesson back. Some years ago, when uh, going through some uh, things, church dramas, issues, and, and uh, you know, just uh, find myself in a position where I've got to fix this. Mm-hmm. I've got to do something to make this better. I've got to, I've got to solve this problem, a- and didn't realize that at the time. Uh, and everybody I know takes their church life seriously, and they take the fellowship seriously, and they want to be. Uh, in harmony and when that gets a little bit off kilter and and, and it gets you know the the, the brotherly love seems to be a little bit uh askew uh things aren't the way they ought to be you want to make things right but my problem was i got i got to fix it Mm -hmm. myself i got to get my hands on it i got to do something i got to make it better i got to have that happy ending for everybody rides off in the sunset together and we have a You know, a happily ever after story. And God taught me a lesson in self-righteousness. And uh, that's an ugly word. And when you you make that statement being, you know, self-righteous, that means I don't need God's help. It means I got what I need in my own ability and capability to take care of the problem. And I don't.
2: Yeah, and that's where I was at. Yeah. I, was, I was, you know, I yeah. got to fix this, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to figure out how I'm going to fix it. Yeah, I'm, I'm incapable of yeah. fixing yeah. it. Yeah, you know, the only thing that fit was fixed, and that was Thursday night. Was my my pride? You know, my to just say to them, you know, listen, this is where I'm at. Well, know, one pray thing. for me because right now this is something that you know the self righteousness, that pridefulness, I can do. No, I can't.
1: All right. And and God teaches us through his providence, and it's not always on our time, but through through, uh, his mercy and his long-suffering and allowing us to see and experience and and to go through some things that refiners that we've talked about, you know, before, uh, that helps to uh, strengthen our faith and help us to understand and learn things and lessons in life that, uh, yeah. yeah, God, you don't need my help. I need yours.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, for, you know— for josh too i mean you got fifth and sixth yeah And i mean that's a crucial age where innocence is starting to become polluted right Mm -hmm. because the years go on kids are getting exposed to sin earlier and earlier and earlier 10 and 11 they've probably seen some stuff already but uh, innocence is becoming polluted so i think there's sometimes where the reason you jump to i need to do something i think it's from a good place because You are wanting to help them. You're wanting to make that difference. You're wanting to see that seed go from being put in the ground to becoming a beautiful plant. So it comes from a good place, but it's like you said. It does come from a good place, and you can try as much as you want, but until God's hand intervenes and His Holy Spirit comes within that, um, it's like, you know, I was telling you, uh, people who ask hard questions about God that don't believe in him and they're like, well, why is there evil? Why is there this? They're never fully going to want to understand nor understand until they can spiritually discern it. And for someone to spiritually discern something means that they have to have the Holy Spirit of God within them. They have to be saved. And so, you know, for us, we're looking at it from the aspect of we've surrendered. So we're like, we just want to make the difference. We want to do this. And I think God sees how eager we are. It is just like, you know, when Jesus was getting ready to tell Peter, you know, you'll deny me. He's like, no, I'll literally die for you. I'll do anything. He was eager in the moment, but he was interested. His pride was getting in the way. And then when the test came, well, he did not. G- Jesus told him, you know, so I think it comes from a good place. But it's always just important to remember that we have to have reverence because in Christianity, and I'm going to be honest, as a human, period, you are more dependent than you can ever be independent. Because the richest man in the world that's made his own gain, his own stuff. one day he will become feeble. Mm -hmm. One day hard times will come and he'll have to depend. God made us as a dependent people for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever, some people pick bad crutches that break in half. Some people pick boats that sink. Well, as for me in my house, which I live with my parents still, but... We choose the Lord. Yeah. I mean, for you all, you all know your houses. You choose the Lord, so the crutch that you have, well, it'll never break. You might fall off of that crutch on your own. You know, you you might be trying to crutch through through life and try to do a jump, and you're just not able to do it, and you start falling. But it, it just shows us that even with fifth and sixth graders, high schoolers, adults, that our dependency is crucial. And our reverence in that moment is crucial because how I'm reverent towards God is going to affect how I minister to others. And that's that's the yes. truth. Because yep. if I don't respect God and I get before people, it's not going to be effective because I'm not a cleansed vessel. I'm not a holy vessel. I'm not a respectable vessel. Now, God's Word doesn't return void, so His Word will achieve its purpose. But as someone who is trying to be an example, but not just an example, but a teacher in the moment, it's not going to be effective. Right. So if I'm reverent towards God in the moment and I respect him and I do everything that I'm supposed to do in respecting him, then he'll receive more glory because it'll have nothing to do with me. It'll all have to do with okay. him. And so th- those are really good comments guys about reverence. Uh, I'd encourage you um, watch this chapel Baptist net. I know that's long. We have all of our sermons on there. They're on our Facebook, just watch this chapel Baptist church Facebook. I would encourage you to go check out the sermon um, that our pastor preached this week. Um, literally about two, three hours ago. Um, well, you guys will hear this on Thursday. So a while ago, <laughs> but it don't matter. So, but th- that's what we have, uh, so far to talk about what we've heard today. But now let's go into what we're really about to, you know, what we're going to hear right now. So we're going to be in Matthew five, nine. Um, and we'll just keep doing guys. I-, I'll, I can be a reader this week and set you guys up and you just take off and then we'll, we'll talk until we're ready. So... Matthew 5, 9, and I, I'm in my King James Bible. Um, so it says, As blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. God's what we got.
1: So, again, uh, kind of like what we've, we've talked about, uh, being the, the one who, uh, uh, who tries to uh, mend those broken relationships, and, and, and all those are good things. And and we want to see our, our fifth and sixth graders do that. What's well, that's you know yeah. we want we want to see those things accomplished, uh, and keeping our attitudes and our priorities uh, in, in the right perspective, understanding that uh, uh, we're useless without God's help, and without that humility where we understand that we're nothing and He's everything, uh, and a dependence upon Him to provide. men. if there's any change come, if there's any. Uh, uh, hard feelings that get forgiven—that's uh, uh, that's all natural. You talked about being uh, uh, by nature prideful,
0: mm. and we are. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's that's something that just comes. You don't have to teach us how to be uh, arrogant or proud. It just comes. It's in our blood. You don't have to teach a child how to be stingy. They won't ever toy in the toy box. Right. Uh, but when it comes to forgiving each other and being uh, one who wants to see people living in harmony and being uh, 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 at peace with your brother, the person who puts himself in that situation to be that peacemaker, uh, that takes uh, help and uh, assistance from God.
0: Yeah. Well, even like uh, to desire to see other people have peace, you first have to have peace yourself. Yes. And so, oh, there's Siri. Um, (laughs) But yeah, to be a peacemaker, you have to be at peace yourself first. And so what we mean by that is, if you remember, I think the first time we started Beatitudes, we talked about that these are, this is a description of a Christian. Right. And so, you know, if you're a Christian, that means that you have made peace. You may not have peace in your life at the moment or with certain people, but you've made peace with God. And by that, I mean you have encountered redemption, right? Mm. Because... When sin entered in, peace was ruined between God and human. But once Jesus came onto the scene, and now we can believe in Jesus, have forgiveness of our sins, have the Holy Spirit, we move back into redemption. Like, we have been redeemed, and we now have a peace with God, where when He looks at me, He doesn't see all my sins. He sees the blood of His Son. So therefore, God looks at me in a peaceful mindset, but now I look at God as my Father, my creator and the sovereign God of the universe. So now I look at him with a peaceful mindset. Yeah. And so, before we can ever want peace for others, which is key, and Alan said that, we should strive to see peace between brothers, help make that peace. Uh, the biggest question is do you have peace with God yourself? Right. And so, um, and it, I mean, it literally says, Blessed are the peacemakers, which, elaborate on this for me, guys. Ready? Remember when we said the word blessed means happy. So happy are the peace. Why would a Christian, a peacemaker, one who has it with God but strives to ma- see others have peace, why would they be happy about seeing that accomplished?
2: Well, you, you'd be happy because, for one, I mean, what, so let's go back to where, like we see, like Hunter just mentioned, that this is basically referring to the Christian. So when you were in your broken state, lost realization that you needed a savior the emotion the response that people experience is that of peace they had a weight of burden down to the point and they're like and they you know it says it was peace there was peace amongst them then you look at the ones that through their walk with the lord the saints that have endured yeah And they come towards their end of their life where they lose a spouse or they lose close family members, relatives. They even come into terminal illness themselves. And you embrace them and they say, it's okay, I'm at peace. They have that, they're okay with it. They are fully accepting of it. And that peace that they're getting is not from their situation and circumstance that they're living. And that peace comes from God. So then, as a peacemaker, we, like we just talked about, we ourselves can't offer anybody anything that comes to that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. but we do know the one that can. yeah and that's where we come in to see it that you know we, we ain't going to get wrapped up in the stuff that you're dragging down around you and causing strife amongst. To be part of the problem, if you will. Yeah. So the peacemaker is key because that's through Christ. Peace is through him. Yeah. What he's given us, we attain peace in his comfort and his rest. We we look to him. That's where we are at comfort rest. That's where we have is that that provision that God has yeah. us. And I think that the reason we are peacemakers is because of that assurance He gives us.
1: So when we when we talk about uh, some things like spiritual maturity and and growing and sanctification and coming out from among the world and being separate, being a light, being be a peculiar people, a lot of my Christian life I, I I struggled with that. I guess this is just a sign of my immaturity, but I'm thinking, man, life, what's I mean, everybody I know. I mean, I'm I'm in a a a good Christian home. Most of my friends were were, were good Christians. I'm thinking, man, what have I got to do different? What have I got to do to stand apart? What have I got to do? Well, these these scriptures that we're reading right now, if you do them, they're the a natural byproduct of that is going to set you apart from a world that's full of hate and venom and stepping on necks and backs of people who are downtrodden and. Forget about making peace. It's every man for himself. So when you uh, talk about uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, man, this is, these are things that we can be doing right now. And it's not for self-glorification or for recognition, but it's to mend relationships and it's to be like Christ.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking, too, you know, Josh really hit on the head, and so did Alan, about Christ. So like when you think about Jesus, I mean, what was, what was Jesus's goal? Like what was one of his goals in John chapter eight, when the woman's been caught in adultery? There's strife and division going on, and what does he do? He comes in and he makes peace. It's so not only that, He forgives one of his sin. So of her sins. So when you think about Jesus, Jesus helped make peace with people in adultery on the verge of divorce. He helped people who had physical ailments. He had people who were spiritually possessed. He helped people who were wicked and beyond all points of coming back. Um, You know, Matthew, the tax collector.
1: Even even the weather.
0: Yeah. So there was a sense of peace followed Jesus. And if we're challenged to be imitators, Paul said imitate me as I've imitated Christ. So ultimately, now, I'm not a healer like I, I just I don't have that gift I I believe that that's something that the apostles and Christ himself were capable to do now I do believe God heals through prayers of the saints and he decides when healing needs to take place but I, I'm not in the sense of I'm not like Jesus like I can't just go up and heal somebody or um, I can't go up and have all power within my right hand to cast a demon out of somebody we're in a the new dispensation of the church is we pray for that those things to occur, and God has to do it. I don't have the power within myself, but I know this: that when I look at the average day pastor who is helping two people trying not to be divorced, he's helping people in addiction, he's helping people lost in sins, and so many circumstances. Ultimately, the reason he's trying to help people have peace is because Jesus was the example, and he exemplified what striving to be peacemakers was. And so Jesus the king of making peace, right? So here we are, a flawed version, we're literally the lowest of low, but we strive every day to be like Jesus. So it said, you know, happy blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus was happy about doing it, right? Even mm-hmm. with the Pharisees, they're coming at him from all angles and he's trying to help them. Now, he also did say that I'm he's a, he's like a sword. He's he knew he was coming to make division between the Jews, because they were going to crucify him, and the believers. So, yes, that is there, but Jesus still ministered to all the people. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, when it says, For they, are, they shall be called the children, the sons, children translates, but, you know, children of God. Okay, so the only way that I can ultimately be a child of God is by how? Jesus Christ. So, therefore, the only reason that I can be a child of God I can be a peacemaker I can be anything that is considered within this text is because Jesus paved the way absolutely
1: mm-hmm. don't don't get hung up on being separate from among the world by wearing the I love Jesus t-shirt and the, ah. you know what I'm saying I'm gonna go on a honey and locust fast and uh, you know what I'm saying <laughs> you, you wind up being like the, like, like the Pharisees yes. That, that, yes. That, They're forcing that, it They Traditions put the scriptures the, yeah. on their robes And they stand on the street corners yeah. And they pray out loud I'm separate Look at me how holy I am
0: yep. You don't have to force it You don't You don't It's a,
1: it's a natural byproduct and like, It's a natural byproduct I have a
0: t-shirt that says
1: And there's nothing wrong with your t-shirt
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah there's nothing Well I was going to say <laughs> you wear that t-shirt I have a t-shirt that says Jesus saves bro I love it I mean it's a great t-shirt I saw a guy wear it. And I was like, I want it, okay. But I, I'm, I'm not wearing it right now, right? There are days where I'll get in my drawer and I just pick it out and I'll wear it. But I find myself some days, coming from a self righteous place and saying, I have to wear this today. If I'm, if I'm a Christian, I have to wear this and show everybody that I'm. That's coming from the wrong mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I should just pick that T-shirt up and go, man, Jesus saves, bro, and just wear it without worrying. It, it should be a natural byproduct. I, I'm a, and this is a case for another day. Um, I am strong about people who try to force things, mm. because the sons of Siva tried to force themselves to heal some, to get the demon out. And then you went well, I know Jesus. I know who are you? They lose all their clothes. Mm. So I'm a. And me and Josh <laughs> have talked about this already today. Forcing things, I think, can hurt people. Yes. Now, ultimately. The word doesn't return void. So people think people can do. But I've just seen and heard and been a part of that that forcing. And I'm going to be honest right here. Here we go. Forcing things does not really reflect a peacemaker, does it? No. Someone who's trying to seek peace is trying to seek uh, someone to find joy and happiness, contentment and fulfillment. Ultimately, for us, that's telling somebody about Jesus and them coming to the faith. Um, and so that, that's a peacemaker says they will be called the children of God. Um, I do know this. I will say this. Are there times in my life where I have maybe caused strife? Yes, I have. And so maybe you're listening and you're like, well, Hunter, you're telling me you haven't been a peacemaker your whole life. You're not a child of God. Mm, No, absolutely not. Because as a Christian, I'm still going to fail, right? I'm still going to hurt. That's why Jesus said, if you hurt your brother, Leave your gift on the altar and go find them. And that's why those redeeming brother and friendship. That's what the children of God do. Yes. Right?
1: That's why it says those those peacemakers will be called the children of God. That's so, what we that's what God's children yes, do.
0: Yes. And even when we're in flaw, we're presented with an opportunity to still be a peacemaker. Right. And so that that's just a very um key verse. I love it. I think it promotes a challenge um that every circumstance and every person we encounter on a daily basis. Are we peacemakers? Or if my brother comes at me or my sister comes at me and, you know, they're mad at me or they're hurt or they're trying to cause division and argument, you know, the first thing I might want to do is be like, oh, they're making me mad. I just want to, oh. But then there's a challenge. Are you being a peacemaker in that moment? So listeners, us in this room, you know, uh, we need to reflect on every time we encounter somebody, are we being a peacemaker If we're getting mad, let this verse, memorize it. Let it be written on your heart. And so in that moment, it can be brought to remembrance. Uh, So let's go to verse 10. Okay. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So before, I I, I thought of this earlier, and so I I just want to say this. Jesus told us persecution is going to come, right? But I I just think it's so funny because, like, we were talking about today and in the sermon is that the, the government, the political parties, I'll, eventually it's going to be everybody's against Christians, right? Babylon came and destroyed the Jews, took them out. So eventually it's coming. Jesus said it is. But I just think it's so funny. And I want everybody, I hope your eyes open up to this like it just did mine. Like, for a presidential can- candidate, candidate, whatever, how you say it, comes up and says, you know, Islamic beliefs should be in school, but Christians shouldn't. I just want to say this. Christians are not bad people, right? They're actually some of the nicest, some of the most supporting, some of the most helpful and hopeful. And the, I mean, just like Jesus. People hated Jesus, and all he did was help them, right? Mm-hmm. And so Christians are not bad people. And I just want everyone who listen open your eyes that prophecy is being fulfilled, and two, there is an enemy out there that hates Jesus so much that he's going to cause a nation, a government, and a people to come at us, and we didn't even do anything wrong. All we're doing is doing ministry at our church. We're living our lives just like Jesus called us to do. But because they hated him, there's a there's a, a, a pattern of people who will always hate Christians. Absolutely. We, we no. don't even do anything wrong. We're just trying to,
1: trying to help
2: people. Right. Yep.
0: And they come at us yep. Yep. And so that just opens my eyes That there's way more behind this Than just a moral decision to hate Christianity yep. There's some spiritual We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. No, But there are know. some dark principles And yep. spirits and all sorts
2: of things And I've heard
1: people say You know man I've never seen it like this before This is the most challenging time in my <laughs> life and, and it is I mean mm-hmm. absolutely When you put the the, 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 all of the, the health and safety that's going on right now with yeah. COVID and the election and all of the hate, absolute, cold-hearted hate, yeah that's not just political but with the, the, uh, the, the, the racial hatred that's out there and, and, and being uh, basically promoted by certain people, when you break all that down and people say, man, this is so bad, it's in the Word of God. It's it's happened. It's not just because we ain't never seen it doesn't mean it's never happened. It's the first time we've lived in it, right. and the answers to all of the problems that we will face, God's people <laughs> have faced them before. And it, how did they respond? If you're listening to this podcast, you need to go listen to today's sermon. Yeah, it um, was it was titled a uh, reverential. Fear of God, something, something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, but uh, you, you need to look that uh, sermon up. And after you listen to this podcast, or after you listen to the sermon, yeah, listen to the other because they're hand in hand. Because uh, all of the the problems that we think we're facing, uh, it's just ushering in uh, yes. God's God's bigger plan. Uh, it's not falling apart; it's falling right in place. Yeah. And uh, uh, God's not out of control. He knows everything that's going on.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll say this, and then um, this is probably going to spark Josh on something we've talked about recently. Get it, Josh. But when you think about, like, they shall revile you, they shall persecute you, they shall hurt. Okay, let's just go ahead and throw this out here, and Josh is going to back me up on this. If you were to ask me right now, say, Hunter, do you feel persecuted right now? No. no I don't. And you're like... What? What do you mean? Do you not see what's going on in the world? Yes, I do see what's going on in the world. But listen, the last six weeks, every Wednesday night, I've been able to get up with high schoolers with nobody outside telling me to stop. Nobody throwing a rock at me. nobody. So I don't feel persecuted. Now let me say this. Is the Christian faith in general being persecuted? Yes. Yes. Is John MacArthur at his wit's end probably right now with the legal battle they just won for their church? Yes. But me personally... I know the faith is being persecuted, but I know that for some reason God put me in Madisonville, Tennessee, which to me will probably be one of the last places just because I know how hard churches are. People are all about church. So for me, I'm like, I hate that persecutions are rising. I know it's going to keep coming, and I know eventually it's going to seep through so far that it will hit Madisonville, Tennessee. But until then, I'm going to pray for those who are being harmed right now. I'm going to support them. If a donation goes around the country for John MacArthur's church, I'm throwing money in the pile because I want them. They're my brothers and sisters. But do I feel it right now at Watson Chapel Baptist Church? No. Okay, so here's another thing. Our version of persecution, and listen, what I'm getting ready to say goes for me just as much as it goes for anyone else. Our version of persecution in America is going to be so much softer than any other thing. Because here's the thing. Like there are missionaries in China right now, right? They're getting killed daily. People in Africa getting killed daily. There's people getting killed. So my version of persecution might be ridicule. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not made, persecution. They made yeah. fun of me, and yeah. I'm not making fun of it. Listen, if you are in the job site right now, you work for a church, you do, and someone's making fun of you, that's not cool. And I I can't stand that somebody would hurt you with their words and would come at you. And you know what? I'm gonna pray for all believers. That if they're under any sort of persecution, then God... Because it's real. We can't just lower one thing or the other, because all persecution is persecution. But I'm just saying this. When Stephen became a deacon, and he went out, and he saw a bunch of Jews and Pharisees, and he lit into them about how Jesus was going to save them. And he said, you brood of vipers, you all, all these things, right? He literally explained how from the Old Testament to the New Testament that they were wrong. And it says they were cut to the heart and they gritted their teeth and filled with anger they killed him on the spot. No, he didn't have time to run away. He didn't have time to call for help. Literally God opened up an opportunity where he could see into the heavens, right? And it ha- Now listen. Am I asking for that to come into my life right now? No. Mm-mm. Actually, if listen, I know that if I ever seem like I'm talking a big game, I want somebody to come humble me because when persecution actually comes, I'll be honest with you, I will be scared. I will. I will be worried about my friends and my family. Do I want someone to come take my life right now? No, I don't. And so there will be a part of me that, yeah, I will be worried. But I know this. I know who I believe. Right. And when persecution does come, if I'm peeing my pants because I'm so terrified, I'm not going to choose to side with the government. I'm going to choose Jesus. And what happens at that point? It happens. We're not in the times of. Uh, the roman empire what's the one that put all the christians on a stick a stake and burned them for miles and miles so we have to realize that persecution is around but we need to realize that it's not an extreme and we need to be encouraged by that and that should inspire us to minister before it really gets here
1: And, and really we should be thankful Yes. We should capitalize yes. on every opportunity that we have to assemble ourselves together. Yes. I know that there's uh, certain restrictions now, but hey, the God that created the universe, yes. he can protect us, and he can He can provide for us. And, and if he chooses to take me out of here with COVID-19, it's his will anyway.
0: Absolutely. It's his will anyway. Absolutely. And I'm not going to, in a sense, I'm not going to try to cope... I'm not going to jump on John MacArthur's coattail and try to understand what he's going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not, we're not called to be coattail right We are called to pray for each other, pray for each other, and esteem others higher than ourselves. But just because I watch him and I go, man, our lives are hard right now, I'm not coattailing him. And and I think that robs of, because, listen, God in his sovereignty decided that John MacArthur would be the pastor of the church that would have to endure this. And he has handled it as biblically. Maturely, respectively, peaceably, all the words we've talked about as possible. And God ordained for that to happen. So I'm not going to rob.
1: And He's not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but He didn't have that opportunity uh, or that decision to make. Yeah. But praying for each other to where that we do, if we do face situations like that, Mm. we know that the God that we serve, He's able Able. to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. You know, not even Mm. have a smell of smoke on us. Yeah. That's the. God. And that's the that's thing. The...
2: That's the beauty of it. Is those 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 Hebrew boys? They knew that. Yeah. They, he, they he said. They said because they told him. He's our God will deliver us. That's it. We're so not... either it was by death or being set free. The they knew was... they would be delivered from the hand of him. Yes.
1: Winner either way.
0: Yes.
2: Absolutely. Well, I
0: mean, and when Peter sank in the water, naturally he knew who to call out to in yeah. the moment. And, and and so, I just know this, and I believe this, that just as Stephen had comfort. And his persecution, I, I believe God gives peace. Yeah. I believe His Holy Spirit is the, referred to as the Comforter, yeah. and but that's the thing. Uh, we, I just felt like we needed to define persecution. And, well, you know, that's the
2: thing too, though. So, like like you already mentioned, the thing with persecution is is that we here in the U.S. are nowhere near close to. Yeah. And I want to
1: back up and make a an, uh, clarify and, and further explain the fact that. I don't know how I'll respond in the face of persecution. But but I'll tell you what I better be doing because I have no idea because I've never faced it. Mm. I've got some preparation to be doing right now.
2: Yes, and that was yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, because that's the thing. Hide it, hide it—the word of God in your heart. That's it, you know. So that when the when it is stripped, I mean. <laughs> so yeah, we, we have game day. It's 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 Friday night football, Uh-oh. and you haven't practiced all week. Are you going to be ready for the game? Absolutely not. Put me in, coach. Yes, I ain't done a up all
1: in two months. <laughs> right.
2: So that's what. So it it, it 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 baffles me that you know the people say like you said though. I don't know either. I really do have no idea. I I would like to think how I would respond.
0: That's all you can do. Is think. Yes,
2: but I would. But at the same time, if you are not preparing now for it, you will. I can almost assure you that you will not be ready. You won't be. Become that time when 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 persecution truly hits, because what so we look, do. You we use got.
1: a sports analogy. Let's let's do. Let's carry, carry, and we're not going to go into sports center, but let's take that one step farther. Uh, If you've played any sports or you have that pregame time where you're getting ready and you're visualizing what's going to happen and you're visualizing just, I mean, knocking a guy's helmet sideways and him get up off the ground looking out the ear hole. And then you go on on the field and you have opportunities and you take advantage of those. If you don't spend some time visualizing how you're going to react,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when those times come, you will be unprepared. Spend some time in thought. Uh, pray about how God can help you and, and understand that, man, it's important. Yeah. It's, it's important.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, that's uh, what we, me and Hunter actually were talking the other day that, you know, it's important now for us to be ready in all seasons because we don't know what's coming. We we have no idea. No. And even even with when people come to, you know, and it, because if we truly are that light and we are shining before men, the world sometimes... Is going to see that light, the lost, and want answers. Yes. And when they come for us for answers, if we are not prepared, if we don't know it, the truth ourselves, yeah. What are we leaving
1: them with? Oh, we're yeah. going to start wringing our hands and worrying with them, right? I don't know what we're going to do. What do you think we should do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Right. And I mean, that's just true. I mean. Some people are gonna show up to persecute, some people are just gonna show up because they're like, I need help, I need answers, I need all these things. But what what I love was what when that comes, like I remember this. I, I was a firm, like, you know, put me in hell with a water pistol and I'll just I'll deplete all the fire. You know, that was my mentality. And I remember at the beginning of this year, I was listening to a podcast by the Robertsons, and they were talking about persecution, and Jace Robertson told the story of one of the school shootings. Guy comes in. He says, is anyone in here a Christian? Nobody says anything. And like this 12, 13-year-old girl stands up. She says, I'm a Christian. And she took death in the face, and she died. Mm-hmm. And he said, will we respond to like this 12-year-old girl? And it wrecked me because I was like, here I am looking at situations hypothetically like it's never going to happen to me. And just saying, yeah, well, if it comes, I dare him.'" And that humbled me because I thought she was 12, mm-hmm. and I'm 23. And I was like could, would I? I can think it all day, Right. but am I going to be prepared if that moment comes for my life? Yeah. Do I want that? No, but it's one of the things that as I spend more time in the Word and in that sanctification process, I think I've kind of strayed away from hypothetical situations, mm-hmm. right? Because that's almost like a form of uh, like me, that was immaturity, like me just making up a hypothetical when it actually happened to this twelve year old girl so I kind of str- I stray away from the hypothetical and I'm just like persecution's gonna come, and if it finds me out, however it may be, if I'm in this word and I'm being seasoned and I'm doing ministry, Mark thirteen says the master left and he left work, he left responsibility. If I keep the responsibilities, if I keep the work, then just like Stephen, he literally just became a deacon. Yep. And he walks out, not expecting to die, preaches a message, and God provided in that. And I believe for that 12 year old girl, that's what Jay said. In that moment, sure enough, I bet God gave her all courage, all boldness, and peace from the Holy Spirit of God to stand mm-hmm. up and say, I'm a Christian. And, and I mean, when it says, you know, blessed, when men, when women, whoever, when they revile you. So when they try to, when the words, like they hurt you with your words, it's in there right? So some of you are like, I get made fun of. People say so. Yes, they revile you. It does happen. But either if they revile you or like physically persecute you, what does it say? Against you falsely. So they're in error. They're you know, uh, becoming wise they became fools. The Bible teaches us so they think they're right and we're wrong but really they're accusing us falsely and they are in error. But I love the end of that for my sake. Jesus says, they're gonna come to you for my sake. It has nothing to do with you. Right. And I I love you. And Jesus is literally eventually when he dies on the cross, he's like, guess what? I love you and I'm gonna take care of you enough. So that's fine. Fear not, you know, you know, them who can just destroy your body as we heard this morning. Fear the one that's gonna could destroy your soul and your body. And that's why, you know, like Jace Robertson, he says, It's fine. I'm the terminator because I'll be back. Yep. You might kill my body, but you can't kill my soul.
1: Hers is the kingdom.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. A
1: little 12-year-old girl. That scripture right there finishes up with the, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven.
0: And I think, and I also believe, like earlier I talked about sovereignty, I also believe that God has placed us here in Madisonville for a purpose, right? He placed her there for a purpose. He he received glory from that. Yes. Like that guy might have killed her and been like, I did it. Uh, God received glory from that because her legacy— Her faithfulness will forever live on as a martyr, someone who died for the faith at 12. It'll keep living. And I mean, uh, Peter, Paul, Billy Graham, their faith promoted a legacy, not about them. We do talk about their faithfulness, but it promotes the glory of God. And that's how people, that's why they're remembered, is because of the life they lived before the people. Our pastor always talks about you know, you may not remember anything, but I guarantee you the day I die, you will remember the way I lived my life before you because I followed the Word of God. I followed the Bible. I, I followed all, all of those things. And so, um, you know, persecution, revile all, I mean, it's for Him. It, it's all for Him. And even like reverence, right? That ties in. When you're in a place of reverence and you realize it's all about Jesus, if somebody comes to hurt you, reverence. This isn't for me. This is for him. And the Bible teaches us he will have vengeance mm-hmm. on the ones that have hurt his people. And, and I I just thought it was so important to define persecution, to really define it. Because honestly, I'm, I'm just saying this. If I were to go around and do woes me and tell you I'm being persecuted because of what's going on in California, I'm robbing the martyrs. I really am. Am I not? Yeah. And, and and it's not to give them the martyrs glory. It's to give <laughs> Jesus glory. And, and I, I just, like I said, I believe that God is sovereign, and he's put us here for a purpose in Madisonville. Listeners, wherever you are, God's put you there for a purpose. And here's what I know. If real persecution is going on where you live, we're praying, we'll are we pray for you at the end of this podcast.
1: Absolutely. And you may be listening to this thinking, man, I don't know how I would respond. And you're like, me, I don't know how I will respond. But, but here's what I want to encourage you. Man, you can find strength in the Word of God. You, you, can, can, find s- you can find strength in the family of God. And, and, and we, we, we come together and we talk about this, and we encourage one another and, and let, let you know you're not on an island by yourself, and yep. you're not just drifting aimlessly through life. God's got a plan. God's got a big plan for you.
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, I just went blank. No, I didn't. You were talking about um, God's plan. You were talking about people being person. Oh my goodness, I'm drawing blank on this, guys. This is why I don't have my paper and my pen. Ultimately, I'll say this. Um, uh, God's plan, God's sovereignty, all, all of these things, He controls. I just found it. I'm back, guys. Here we go. The Bible also teaches us not to worry for tomorrow, because sufficient is tomorrow and its problems. So that also shows me I shouldn't worry about if I'm those thoughts. How will I respond? Because I'm thinking about the future. And I'm thinking about a circumstance that ultimately is going to be in the hands of God. Exactly. And so we shouldn't worry. Don't make. Don't worry yourself, and don't be anxious. Because after I thought of that 12-year-old girl, it did speak truth in my life, but I worried about it way too much. Like, I was like, it's coming tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I, was, I, I, I literally spazzed myself out, but eventually I was just like, it's in God's hands. Yep. If I'm supposed to endure that, it's going to happen. So don't worry about tomorrow. You know, when tomorrow comes, when that day comes, I fully and wholly believe that if we'll be faithful, right, If I I come, shall I find faith upon the earth? And I know this, that if we are faithful, he is always faithful Absolutely.
1: And that that peace that comes when you get to that place in your life where you understand, I really don't have any control of the situation anyway. I don't. It's in God's hands. And when you get to a point in your life where you're okay with that, when you accept that, man, there's peace that you cannot explain.
0: Absolutely. It's like I wait, you wake up on a Tuesday, and you're like, well, here's what I'm doing today. Well, we got church tomorrow night. But you have that peace. You're like, I'm in Tuesday, mm-hmm. and this is awesome. Today is the day that the Lord has made, right?
1: Rejoice and be it, glad in it.
0: He has renewed His mercies for these days. And, I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, you know, like full, being here and being full-time and thinking about ministry, I'm thinking of ahead of the game sometimes. Like, I preach this Wednesday. I'm being prayerful already. Lord, help me to preach. Help me to teach. Help me to share what you would lay on my heart. So, you know, praying, seeking, all all those things. But in a sense, it's Sunday for me right now. And I'm thinking about the podcast. I'm in the moment. And, And there are times where we do. I mean, when I was 15, Lord, I don't know where my wife is out there. But I just pray wherever she is, you're keeping her safe. And maybe I'll get to meet her one day. Right? That's a futuristic thing. But I'm still putting that in the hands of God in that moment. Like, I'm not worried about, ah, the pride's not coming in. I'm saying, God, let me put this in your hands. Um, And so, do y'all have anything else for that verse? 12 kind of is a part of that. I can go ahead and read it. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So that's kind of like our ending verse. And we, I mean, we've got time. I mean, that verse 12, I mean what really sticks out to you guys right there? Because it's, I mean, it's still talking about the persecution that happened in the verse before.
1: It is. And, and I know that uh, n- not that we're to take a prideful stance on our accomplishments because it's not a, a a position of something like we talked about at the very beginning. It's not my goodness or my ability or uh, things that I have within my power to do, but to be Counted worthy to suffer persecution yes. is something that should bring a reverence, mm. a healthy respect for God and who He is. Not look at me, boy! I took that on the chin.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm
1: a champ. Well, it's I'm, l- you know, I'm still standing, and it, it makes me sound like that uh, I'm I was able to pull myself up by my bootstraps and accomplish yeah. something on my own when, in reality. God's the one that gives me the strength to endure it yes. every day anyway. Well,
0: it's like, you know, Matt Chandler, he's a pastor of the Village Church in Texas, well-known speaker, great biblical teacher. You know, he's in the midst of being a f- pastor and leading this church. I mean, they're on fire, okay, has a seizure in his house, right? So they he wakes up in the hospital. Well, they take him to the hospital. He has a brain tumor, pastor. And so he's like, you know, him and his wife, of course, they're worried. His kids are young. You know, he's just, they're really young. But it's funny because, you know, he had to take time off for the chemo. And eventually, the tumor just went away, right? And hmm. doctors were like, wow, well, this is a miracle. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> I know who did this, God. <laughs> but it's funny because... He had to do a video to tell his church. And I mean, it was emotional. But dude, this rang with me for the rest of my life. He said, I'm so glad that God found me worthy enough to endure something like this. And may He retain all glory, whether I die or whether I'm healed. And literally, it's a brain tumor. And he was just like, I'm glad God would let me be a part of this because I'm unworthy for this circumstance to bring Him glory. And I thought, Scriptural oh textbook
1: my. answer for how. Uh biblically you should respond in a situation like that
0: oh it blew my mind because i was like i I knew and that was a few years ago my faith was nowhere Mm. near that yeah but for him as a pastor a new dad probably i don't even know how long he'd been married i mean for him just to go i'm just i'm so thankful that god found me worthy for this i was like wow that's mind-blowing that's
1: big big stuff
2: well, that's like the story that I, I often go to that it blows my mind. Is Joseph when he addressed his brothers after their father's death? You know, he says, What you intended for evil, God meant for good. Yes. Dirt. And I'm sitting there and I was like, All the things and the power that he had at that time. Yeah. I mean, he could have, like, you know, vengeance is his, you yeah, know, snapped he his fingers. Yeah. Bro. He could have said, I'm, You're done. But yeah. he didn't. He yeah. like, says, so The whole time says, like, "What you meant for evil, God meant for good," and I was like, "That is, that's a statement."
1: It's and he not, had to he had to endure a lot before he it, could get to that uh, point yes. to make that statement. So yes. much. Oh, you know, when you're in so prison, when you're in prison, falsely accused. Of, and it says there in the last of uh, uh, of uh, verse eleven says, uh, you know. They say all manner of evil things against you falsely.
2: Yes, which exactly yep. exactly what
1: that, happened to Joseph. I mean, there's just yep. blatant lies got that, him put in prison.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of that song we sing here. Where it's like, I'm all churched out, hurt yeah. and abused. Yep, I don't, I I don't know what to do. And yep. then it's like, take me to the king. And I mean, for Joseph, that's all he could do. Dude, <laughs> yeah. was literally just right. hope God would deliver him, and yeah. he did. He did. And, and it was powerful what happened at the end of that. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that just kind of paints a picture for, you know, when it says, um, for great is your reward in heaven. Now, obviously, Joseph isn't in the New Testament church, but I believe he went through that ridicule. He went through the hard time. He went through the persecution, the slavery, the being, impre- all of those things, and then all of a sudden, at the end, he received a reward.
1: And verse 12 is probably going to be hard. When you're in yes. the prison, when you're when you're thinking about that liar,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, liar pants on fire. She knows that's not true. Yeah, you know, that's just eating him up on the inside. It's hard to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Yeah, when you know the truth. Yeah, you know the truth.
0: Yeah, think about Jeremiah. Yeah, we Pastor Jay's talking. This man's out there trying to get a whole nation to repent, yeah. and they at one point are like, we're just not going to listen to Jeremiah anymore. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 listen. And he's crying out. And it says, so uh, persecute the prophets before you. Yep. And so it's one of them things that like, man, they had it. Them prophets right there, dude, you try ministering to, what did Pastor Jason say? Go to a football stadium yeah. and put a bunch of people in it that have no Holy Spirit, no nothing within them and try to lead them. Yeah, And I was like, he told me and Josh that, and I was just like, so all of these prophets, guys, listen, just because they were God's people, they had no Holy Spirit. Yeah. They were just people doing the law. And so Jeremiah's out there like, listen, I, I, I mean, the Spirit was on him. He was anointed. He was the prophet. And he's out there preaching, weeping. And they're just like, no, we're not listening to you, actually. We don't care. And he goes, well, Babylon's coming. Oh, well, why is God so mean to us? Woe is us. Repent of your sins. No, we're still good. <laughs> we'll just take it babylon comes and rings their bell and i mean they were persecuted we're gonna be persecuted um now i mean and here's a reality if persecute like maybe the lord decides to come back and he doesn't want us to go through the wrath That that's a possibility he could come whenever he wants to no man knows the hour or we outlive it right so forty years go by, the three of us we're in our graves and we're absent from the body and we're present with the Lord. there's gonna be people that I mean Israel had prosperous times, right the church and the new- they had prosperous times, and people never really had to undergo persecution and died, and they still were with the Lord but that just shows me this the Christian faith is gonna it's gonna take blows um you might live in chattanooga tennessee and you have somebody that's just been cussing you up and down about being a christian i had a guy one time of another religion he was totally plastered he was drunk and he's like you christian i was like yeah 30 minutes i can't believe just cussing me out he's like christians are so well and then i mean we were I don't know how it happened. We were not in a bad place. It was just one of them things where it it just happened. And he's just like, I can't believe you're a Christian. Christians, you know, they hate me and my people. And he's just going, going, and going. And then 30 minutes go by. He goes, you're my best friend. (laughs) So listen, the Bible talks about not being drunkard. Okay. Don't get drunk. Don't get into that stuff. But this guy's just harping on me. And yeah, that happened. And it hurt my feelings. I was just like, what's going on here? Like, I don't even, I don't know this guy. I'm not even associating with him. He just, Are you a Christian. Ah, oh, well, let me tell you something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so if you live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and somebody's cussing you up and down because you're a Christian, we're going to pray for you. Actually, do y'all have anything else? I'm good. good. All right. Right now, we're going to pray for you. If you're under persecution, if you're nervous about persecution, if you've literally just realized what true persecution looks like, and you're scared to death, or maybe you live in California and you're listening to this, let's pray for them.
1: Yeah, don't be, don't be, don't be frightened. Don't be intimidated. Uh, man, we've got all resources that heaven has to offer. Uh, our faith is is our biggest resource, and uh, we hope that something we've said here today can strengthen that faith, because uh, w- none of us know. In, in the face of it, until we face it, how we're going to react. Uh, but the Bible is full of promises. Yeah. And the Bible's full of resources. And, and uh, w- w- we need to uh, not really be on each other's side. We need to be on God's side. Right. We, need, we need to support him and each other. And, and uh, that, that's uh, basically the one of the reasons that we've decided to do this podcast is just to get the word of God out there and get it on a, a large platform and, and to hopefully encourage some folks.
0: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So uh, before we do our farewell, farewells, I can't talk. Josh, do you want to pray? Absolutely.
2: All right. My Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this uh, podcast, this time that we had to study your word, Lord, and to share with others. Lord, we don't know who all is out there listening. We don't know what the need is in their life. But uh, you do, Lord. And at this time, I just we, we, we lift them up to you in prayer and And ask that you give them the strength and courage to to stand, and the church that what is held for the church coming up with the persecution again, we do not know, but you do lord and we just ask that you give us comfort and peace and the and the acceptance of your will, lord, that we we seek you and follow you in all that we do and say, and the we are that positive influence of those around us. And if there's anybody out here that is listening to this message and that doesn't uh, truly understand or maybe is at a place of, of, of discontent and confusion you know, or even at a state of feeling of a, a separation of God, we just ask that you touch their heart and make yourself ever more prominent to them and uh, give them to a place of, of deliverance. Uh Lord, we ask that as this message goes out, that all the people and all the listening, you just touch their lives, Lord. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And
0: just a reminder, um, guys, if you have questions, any question, I mean any biblical question, anything, send it in at media at net. We're going to be collecting some questions from some people, from listeners, from people in our church, from people not in our church, the next couple of weeks. And we're hoping that we're going to be able to – Kind of integrate those into this podcast and take the Bible and answer the questions of the people because people are looking for answers out there. Yep. So, but other than that, we will have a guest next time. Still can't tell you. So, farewell from me. This is Hunter C. Guys. God bless. God bless. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.